What's up, everyone? <laughs> Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the Greater in Me podcast. Woo! I wish we had a soundtrack with the little applause. Right. Because welcome right. to the Greater in Me podcast. Welcome, welcome to the Greater in Me podcast. Welcome, welcome to the Greater in Me podcast. As you yeah. see, we're joined by a very special guest. Y'all hear her our name basically first, every episode. Our first guest, the surprise herself. Hey, y'all. <laughs> it's Raven. Raven Hi, Campbell. Raven Campbell, everyone. So, Raven. Who's Raven? Uh, who's Raven? <laughs> Raven. Awesome. <laughs> that was definitely on the spot. Raven is a Jamaican queen that goes to Syracuse University. Period. Period. That's a great point to start off of. Tell us, tell us that story. Uh, okay. about Jamaica when you came school da, 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 da. okay um I came to America when I was 14 uh moved to Virginia Hampton Virginia to 75 uh went to Bethel High School that was that's actually weird because like yesterday I was I don't know if y'all saw or y'all, y'all probably saw but I was like mm-hmm. reminiscing on my high school videos and what a time to be alive I saw <laughs> And tell me why my best friend from school sent me a picture today with like, she has short hair and she has a headband on and she was like, reminds you of anyone? And I was like, no, nobody. And she was like, that's you in high school. I said, why would you do that? <laughs> anyway. No, that's actually crazy. It is crazy. It was but, cute though. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't cute. <laughs> Thank you though. I appreciate it. But you haven't um, really... Not in a bad way, but you look still like good. Like you, yeah. You... No, but like what I was posting was pretty much junior and senior year. Freshman uh, and sophomore year were really, really, really bad that I wouldn't put. I have to show that in person so that no one can screenshot anything. There. <laughs> but um, so yeah, I live with my uncle and my aunt and my grandma and my two cousins until I came to Syracuse. Syracuse is a whole, like, story within itself. I didn't know where I was going. I always tell this at impact. Didn't know where I was going on decision day. And I was, like, bawling my eyes out. I was like, I don't know where I'm going to go. I don't know where I'm going to go. And everyone is posting their decision. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I have nowhere to, like, I'm not even going to school. And how I applied to Syracuse was it was my dream school. And my history teacher and my AP psych teacher, they were like, if you really want to go, I'm going to, we can pay half and half. So I was like, no, 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 you don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. And she was like, if you get in, that's payment back. But if you don't get in, you got to pay us like that 75. I said, oh, <laughs> okay. So I applied um, and uh, I had gotten in undecided. And I was like, and I'm over here, I'm talking about mom, mom, I got in. 
But the thing about applying is like, we had to wait until financial aid came in. And I wanted to, I applied for, I applied to University of Kentucky and University of Tampa. And those are really? two things I wanted to go to. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One, no, because I wanted to go to Kentucky only because there was this guy. Oh, God. <laughs> he played basketball. He's like, a, he's in the NBA now, but like he was going and I was like, and that's when I applied. <laughs> I was like, what if we go to school together? And I got in and then the financial aid didn't hit the same. So I was like, mm. that's not oh, how <laughs> I could have been an NBA wife, y'all. <laughs> Give us a second can, to get into that, please. I can still be an NBA wife. It's okay. But um, after that, I remember vividly. It was in the middle of what? July. I was outside and I got an email from Syracuse and I was like, what is this? Because if they're just telling me something stupid, I'm going to be mad. And it was my financial aid and it came in, but like, I don't understand money for real. So I said to my mom, and she's like, oh, glory to God, glory to God. You got so much money. And I was uh-huh. like, oh my gosh, I'm going to Syracuse. So yeah, but my it didn't go as planned because of course COVID. So I wasn't here for the fall. And then I showed up in what, February? And it was all snow, but I'm here. Wow, so Syracuse was your dream school. Wow, I don't think you've ever shared that. Yeah, I don't know if I knew that either. <laughs> I I definitely told you. You might have. You might have. But, but even yeah. in Impact, you've never said that part of it. You've always just been like, I know. Hmm. I don't know. So and why Syracuse now... over Kentucky? Well, the money for Kentucky, but why over Tampa? Money. Same thing. Oh, okay. A lot of it was because of financial aid, like Syracuse. That's how they. That's how they get right. in. That's how they get us. You ended up sure. where you were supposed to be. I'll that's true, that and I appreciate it. So I'm not too mad at it. And even yeah. though like experiences, because freshman year was kind of hard, especially being alone. And I was put in on South first South. I guess I have to explain that, but like apartments at Syracuse, I was put on South, and then I thought I was gonna have a roommate, and then she didn't show up, so it was just me in an apartment by myself. I didn't know how to cook. I didn't come with like the things for my apartment until I think it was like days before. I was like, let me just check if I'm still living in day. And they said, no. And I was like, I don't know. They so moved from to buy, day to south? Cause I was supposed to be in day my fall semester. But because also I didn't put in that I wanted a meal plan. Cause my mom, like that wasn't something she could afford at the time. Okay. She was like, oh, so you had a choice, right? Cause no, I, I didn't have we... a choice. They didn't. I, they didn't. Two and two didn't like. They didn't say anything that I didn't choose a meal plan. Oh. But I also think COVID was such a time they weren't paying attention. To oh, so they probably so like much. opt out. Yeah. Wow. We didn't so, have a choice. They forced we us into sure the. Sure didn't plan. either. They they mm-hmm. chose um, like your minimum 20. for you. Yeah. Twenty. Because I was supposed to have one first, and then I was like, I went back and I was like, I can't do this. And then I guess they switched my housing because of that. But so you've been on South every year? All four years. That's wow. Mm-hmm. That's okay. <laughs> for sure. That is something. But you know what? South is not as bad as people make it out to be. No, no. definitely not. Yeah. But I think it's because I've been. 
like I've had to grow up so fast that I don't like because when I got here I had to learn how to cook mm-hmm. and I couldn't be ordering food anymore plus I was working food service so I had to learn how to like manage work with school and I think freshman fall semester of sophomore year was like the worst mm. So mm-hmm. sophomore year, you lived again on South. Mm-hmm. With a roommate? Yeah. It was some random girl. Because Zaria, I don't know if you know Zaria, but she was an RA. Or she was supposed to be. Yeah, she was an RA at one point. But yeah, she was supposed to be my roommate. And then that's when she got the RA um, decision over the summer. And I was like, oh, I'm chilling. Like, I'm about to be by myself again. No, I walk in and this girl has her underwear hanging in my room and she's Asian and I think she was cooking chicken feet when I walked in and I was like wow (laughs) (laughs) that's an introduction yeah but she at first she was like super nice she helped me put my stuff up and I was like okay this is good and then it started going downhill after that Mm. wow chicken feet Chicken feet, <laughs> boiling them on the stove. I walked in, I said, Oh, boiling them. So you smelled it. Yeah. Oh. And I can't even say nothing because Jamaican people eat chicken feet and I'm not mad at it. But like, what? What a first meeting. On the first day? That's the first day? And I don't even, she wasn't even home, I think. I think, like, it was just, it was a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot. Wow. And then she moved out to live with her boyfriend and then came back and it was just. Semester was bad. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I live by myself now. Girl, I don't blame yeah. you. Me either. Because you also got lucky too last year, right? Huh? Like you got lucky too last year when they when she moved out or something? When she left? Some. That's yeah, but I don't even want to Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Okay, guys, that's awesome. So well, that's Raven. So glad you're here. <laughs> so, glad, so glad you chose Syracuse. Um, Thanks for having me, guys. Of course. I have some questions for us to start off with. Um, so we can all answer them, obviously. Also, but I'm gonna... for those of you who are new to the pod, I'm Tara and that's Josh. <laughs> right. I'm Joshua. <laughs> Y'all can see the name. Like, don't, I'm just playing. Hey. <laughs> okay. We'll start off a little, a little, a little easy. What, what drives you? Okay, I want to ask this in two parts. What drives easy, you? Huh? Yeah, that's easy. Well, <laughs> okay. you have no drive. What drives you, and what do you think drives me? So, like, I'll answer for myself, but I'll also answer for Tara and Raven. Okay. You and Tara, the same thing, Raven. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Raven, you can go first as our guest. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) That's not fair. If you don't want to answer for yourself first, answer for us. As veterans, I feel like this is your podcast. You should start. Tell me how I should do it. Okay, great. Tara. (laughs) I knew it was coming, but I can answer. Okay, I'll start with y'all, and then I'll answer for myself, I guess. Um. Okay, no, actually, I'll answer for, like, 
like an umbrella for the three of us and then Mm -hmm. like I guess be more specific because obviously I feel like our faith drives us the most Mm -hmm. um I feel like I can confidently say that just because of my relationship with both of you like y'all care about God and try to live Christ-centered lives so I would say that that like is what drives us the most just as like people um Josh I feel like your passions drive you feel like you're a pretty passionate person and you're really talented so you know it kind of like comes naturally I guess for you but yeah your passions definitely seem to drive you and Raven I would say your care drives you I feel like you care for people a lot and you love hard and I can see that and the way that you care about people the way you talk about people but also like the way you show up in your relationships with people um yeah and then I guess for myself I would say my love like my heart for people um but also just for life drives me because um I don't know I just feel like it's interesting that we're all different and I just like connecting with people. So I would just say that's what drives me. Awesome. Hey, now I don't even know what to say because you took everything I wanted to say. But okay. <laughs> Should have went first. Huh? Go ahead, Josh. I don't know. Um, I was going to say passions for myself, but... <laughs> I mean, I'll think of something else. I'll start with y'all. You can like, uh, you can just expound on it. It's you. I know, like, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. But I'm sorry with y'all. Um, what's crazy is I think the same thing for y'all. I think y'all's life story, like everything y'all have gone up, like gone through up to this point, drives y'all to like for anything that y'all want to do in the future. Mm-hmm. Like, like by what y'all shared with me, like I think y'all just are aiming to be better than and like being better than like what, what you come from, what you've been through wanting to like treat people better or like give people a better experience than like what you've done. So I kind of like the same thing, like your heart. Um, yeah. Just like your mind, like being mindful of that. Um, for me, yeah, it's my passions. I don't know. I'm just not willing to be doing anything that I have no business be doing. So I just don't want to settle and to the box that people want to put me in all the time. Like I'm, I'm bigger than that. And yeah, like, let's go bigger. Ray Ray. Okay. I thought about it. Um, for y'all, Tara took mine, but like your heart genuinely, I think, and your connection with people is what drives you. Cause I think that is, like I told you before, that's what I think you should be doing and what I want you to be doing in life. But yeah, you have such a great connection with people. Even when, like, you know people have done you dirty, you mm. still are able to keep loving them. And that's, like, a different type of person. Um, Josh? Iron, too. <laughs> um, I think your passion, but to go more on that, I think you have such... A gift that not only is like for yourself but for everyone else and I appreciate that which is I think that also like pushes you because you want to do great things for people as well and your voice is 
literally a calling. Um, and then for me, I would say my story, because that's kind of what keeps me going. Because I want to either better the story or like the future that I know is coming is something that's going to keep making me want to go. Um, to piggyback off of that question, how do you know, like we were talking about the faith earlier, what, with that faith, like what keeps you going even when like it's hard or like, or like somebody throws a curveball, somebody treats you bad, but you still want to treat them nicely or like what, what is the thing that's like, hold on, (laughs) like stay like push this, like keep pushing here. Um... Is that a question just for me or for both of us? Both of you. Okay. I guess in terms of like maybe having people who've done me dirty in the past and me being able to, I don't know, still love them or see past the ways they've hurt me. I think it's kind of like what we talked about in the last episode or honestly a bunch of episodes. But I think when it's like the grace that others have extended me specifically my family members just because of the things I've been through in my life but like even when I've hurt people like the love that they were still able to show me and the way that they were still able to like truly see me when I couldn't see me um or I guess like see my potential and like hold on to that faith that I would get to where I needed to be um I don't know but also just recognizing that like life isn't easy and even though people may hurt you or like people may treat you in a way that you don't deserve. I don't know. Just recognizing that like they only do that because there's something else going on with them. Like just not trying to make things about me because it's like, yeah, obviously certain things like do affect you and it's not justifying their actions, but it's just like, sometimes like it really got nothing to do with you. So you just got to let it go and just hope that they can do better because it'll, like people always carry themselves regardless so like even if i'm exiting like i'm releasing you from my life you still got to deal with yourself so i'm just like it's not even worth hating on you for i don't know i think with my story why i keep like regardless of something happening or whatnot i feel like because i've watched myself get out of like get out of bad situations in my little story I feel like that is testament to keep going and I've also seen like you say people will say like God does miracles but I've actually seen the miracles that's why I'm able to keep the faith to keep going and sometimes it hurts because I think we, we talked about this in impact when I did my thing where I I genuinely don't know and I have serious fear of the unknown and that is one of my biggest fears unknown and like rejection failure but the fact that I know that I'm not gonna fail and I in the past when things have gone bad I didn't fail that keeps me wanting to keep going and pushing on yeah that's awesome um I was gonna say something but I have another question We're all wearing glasses. I was <laughs> just thinking that. I was literally just thinking. I was like, glasses gay. <laughs> you know, majority um, of your friends are low-key blind. Like, they, we all wear glasses. Hold on. Yeah. I'm majority of my friends are, uh, we got four eyes. Hold on. I'm not blind. Hold on. Hold I on. mean, I mean, wear glasses. My fault, mm-hmm. sir. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
be careful of what you speak over other people's lives. Amen. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're so right. What was it the other day? Oh, in my group chat or in our group chat, Josh, you're not in it. Sorry. Um, <laughs> in our group chat, um, our friend had sent like it was snowing. It snowed in queues, and then I was like, "Oh, I wish." Then I get on my Instagram, and the first post I see, they're talking about the DMV is about to have a harsh winter. Expect lots of snow, blizzards. Uh, someone was talking about, yeah, the power of the tongue. I said, "You're right." Okay. Talk too much. Okay. Um, tell me, the card says, "Tell me three moments that changed your life." It doesn't have to be three. Just you know, say one or two, or like say something impactful that like has maybe made you like change your perspective on something, or change your outlook on life, or stuff like that. I'll actually start. Um, when you said that you've like seen miracles, that's me. Because of that, I, sometimes I feel like, you know, some people be like, um, we talk about this all the time, that like your miracle or like your breakthrough is not always going to look the same as other people. Like it doesn't always have to come from like something traumatic or like something like, so it can be traumatic in a different way. Like it doesn't have to be like what we see. Like it doesn't have to be like, oh, somebody killed somebody. You know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't have to be like that deep. Mm. But one of my biggest examples is that my aunt had cancer. Uh, when I was younger, I was like, first second grade i think something like that it was it was a long time um it was a long process and as a kid i didn't understand anything at all i knew she was gonna it, it took a long time we used to have to go to school and then it was a different person picking me and my cousin up at the same time because her her son my cousin we went to the same school um so it'd be like we get picked up from school go to the hospital but we weren't allowed to go in the room because hospitals had to rule that like kids weren't allowed so we used to have to like <laughs> that is so sick it was like a movie we had to like sit like in this like waiting room, like wait for them. And there was like a uh, another room. They were like on the other side of a glass, and they would like bring her out of her room, and we could like we only could speak to her like through this window. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like, but it was like only a certain time limit too. So like that would happen, and then we have to like go play in the computer room, or somebody would come and watch us. But I don't remember how long it took because again I was young, but. She beat it, and she's still here with us today. Um, yeah, and she's doing great. Like, <clears throat> she's literally amazing. And I think she's also really big in her faith as well. But, like, just being able to, like, grow up and, like, fully understand, like, because, you know, like, you hear of cancer when you're younger, but, like, you don't understand the weight of things for real. Um, but, like, just being able to, like, fully understand, like, what it was, because I believe she also had leukemia. Um, and it, was, it was really harsh on, like, my mom and my aunts and my grandmother, too. They was like had to trade off and like do a bunch of stuff. So just being able to like see those type of things um, has like changed my perspective like on my faith and also believing in something like that that big of a supernatural power. Like it can happen. Like it will happen. You just have to like you really have to believe it and like speak to that mountain. Like just you know like change it for real. Yeah. Great. 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 <laughs> It's like, it's a hospital thing too, but it was like, I saw multiple things out of that. So backstory, I was 18, yeah, 18. I was a senior in high school and no, I was 17, wrong thing, 17. And I had missed school for a few days because I had gotten sick or I came back from Jamaica late for school, got sick. And then 
went to school and then got sick again. So this third sickness, or the second sickness, whatever, it, I don't, honestly, it was like a, a freak thing happening. I don't even know how things happened, but I was at school and I was like freezing the whole day. And I was like, I don't know why I'm so cold. I'm thinking it's Hampton's stupid air conditioning because it's run by the school district. So I'm thinking, oh, they probably think that it's cold, it's warm outside, so they have to turn up the AC. <clears throat> I'm asking everyone else, like, aren't you cold? Aren't you cold? They're like, no, we're not cold. So um, my friend at the time, I was like, can I get your jacket? And he gave me my his jacket and I went to math class. This thing was embedded in my head. But like I went to math class and I was sitting there, I had a test, but I'm filling out the test and I don't want it to seem like I didn't study but I also didn't study. So I went to the bathroom. I was like, I need to throw up, but I genuinely needed to throw up. Went to the bathroom, threw up, and I came back to my teacher and I was like, I just threw up in the bathroom. And she's like, go to the nurse. So I went to the nurse. I'm thinking, oh, this isn't anything for real. They take my temperature and I had like a, a hundred and something degree temperature. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what is happening? They call my aunt. And at the time, like my living situation, really rough. But my aunt came because she heard I couldn't be in school because of my temperature. She driving me home. I couldn't even sit up in the car. I was just so nauseous. Mm-hmm. Went so in the military, you get a nurse. So she called my nurse and she was like, "She's like this. She seems nauseous. She's throwing up. She's cold. She has a fever." Mm-hmm. They say bring me to the ER. I go to the ER. They're taking all my um vitals and stuff, and then my blood pressure drops. And they're like, "What is this?" I they were like, can you get up and walk? I couldn't walk. And brought me to the back. I'm laying in the back and everything's like a daze. Like I can't open my eyes for real. I'm in and out of consciousness and they don't know what I'm, what's wrong with me. They bring me back there for um, x-rays. Nothing is like happening. They're like, we can't, we don't see anything, but they also couldn't treat me. So I think it was like 12 something, but it was morning by then and I didn't even realize the time switch because there's no um, windows in the ER and then everything is just like out of out of control pretty much. So then they're like, we have to put you in a ambulance and bring you to Chesapeake. Bring me to Chesapeake. I'm in the ambulance. I remember my grandma being there, but honestly, I don't remember the ride and it was like super short. Get to Chesapeake. They bring me in the ICU. They're like, pumping my chest talking about she has to wake up she has to wake up why is she awake and all the vitals are or all the tubes are in my hand whatever and I'm in the ICU and it was like in and out again I hear a baby crying I see my family and I just don't remember much when when I wake up and I'm like fully awake and they're taking there's a doctor her name's dr frankenstein which is kind of weird uh-huh. but she she was the doctor that was um taking care of me and my aunt is a doctor in jamaica so they're like corresponding and they don't know what's wrong with me because nothing is coming back no test is coming back um positive like they genuinely don't know so then i start <laughs> i'm pooping myself <laughs> i can't get up to pee because like i can't walk and my asthma starts acting up, then they're putting me on medication. One of my- Oh, you feel paralyzed? It's not even paralysis. It's more like, I just, my weight, the weight of my body. Yeah. Yeah. So I couldn't get up, I couldn't move. 
And because I'm so weak, everything is kind of just coming out. And sometimes I'd be shocked when I poop. I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah. I just pooped myself. And I'm bawling my eyes out because I'm 17. I'm pooping myself. I'm just like this. I feel like a baby again. Yeah. So they're pumping me with all this medication. And one of my, my, I think it's my kidney, either my kidney or my liver starts failing. And they have, they have to take me off the medication that they were using prior to. And I was in there for like, I want to say two to three days. Then my asthma starts acting up. So they have to put me on a vent, um, not a ventilator, but I had to get a nebulizer. And then they're bringing me for tests and eventually I start walking. Because when I'm walking, they have to bring me down. They, since I'm able to walk and use the bathroom on my own, they, I, they put me in the kids' ward. And it was so weird being there because I feel like there was nothing wrong with me, but I'm seeing a baby with cancer and I'm just like, what am I doing here? Mm-hmm. And I felt so bad, like, not that I'm wasting time, but at the same time, the comparison. And I didn't want to compare, but like, it was hard for me to see that. <clears throat> but I'm walking around and I'm able to freely walk. I start messaging my teachers about like missing school and stuff like that because that's all I care about at the moment. And being in the hospital is such an experience because like they wake you up at odd hours to take your blood, <clears throat> take your temperature. Um, you have to ask to watch TV pretty much. So they bring in the, they wheel in the TV, nurses. So you get to know a bunch of nurses. And I say like this experience made me realize like family along with what I wanted to do in for my career. Like I, I wouldn't have expected it. But because, not saying that I want to be, I don't want to be a nurse per se, but because the nurses were there, they were trained to be like pediatric nurses. That kind of pushed me to want to work with kids even more in a hospital setting. I'm like, this is what I want to do. And then I realized that there's a profession where I didn't have to technically be a doctor, but I'm doing the same thing the nurses are doing and being a child life specialist. But then now I'm a developmental pediatrician, but pretty much the same thing. And I... That experience. Yeah. Yeah. She's so strong. (laughs) That's awesome. It's crazy. Because my mom, she, my mom actually came up while I was there and surprised me because I was like depressed. And I think after that, she was like, yeah, if you didn't go to the hospital in time, you'd have died. But they still to this day, they don't know what was wrong with me. That's so crazy. It's kind of scary. Okay, because we believe the report of the Lord. Amen. Amen. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's my story. <laughs> wow. Um, can you read the question again? <laughs> Tell me a moment that has changed your life, your perspective on something. Um, okay. All together. Um, I would probably say it was when I moved from Ellicott City to Potomac. And, like, you wouldn't think, I guess, moving would be, like, the life-changing thing. But I think it was the move that honestly started the shift or, like, was the catalyst for a bunch of other events that, like, affected me in order to, like, be the person I am today. But basically, I went to, like... A pretty small private school in Ellicott City for a long time I think like 11 years I went there I started going there when I was five and then I left the school eighth grade 
So I moved and it was honestly pretty short notice. I think my parents might have told us that we were moving like a week before we actually moved. So it was it was hard because I think that like the school I went to because it was so small, everyone knew each other and we all like grew up with each other. So they like honestly were my family because I mean, my home dynamic also wasn't the best. So I think that like I truly did consider my friends my family and we all grew up together. It was like there were really no new people and then like no one really left. So it was like the same group of 60 kids every single year. That was just the vibe. Um, so then we moved to Potomac and it was like an hour away. So like also not a big deal. Right. But, um, shortly after that, my parents got divorced and then also just like the high school I went to was a lie. Like it sounds crazy too, because I'm at this point a freshman in high school, but I don't think I ever like truly realized how racist this like country and our culture was um again because we like all grew up with each other so it's like when you're five years old like you don't really care about people's race and then it's like we all went to each other's homes like we all knew each other's parents we knew each other's siblings like we'd all go to each other's parties together so like even by the time I guess that we were aware that we were different it never really mattered like everyone was friends with everybody so moving really like was an eye opener because the high school I moved to was super racist and like super segregated. So, which was super weird to me. Um, But yeah, I think that like, even just the transition from going into middle school, into high school, but just like being in a completely different area um, definitely did something to me. But then even like my parents' divorce, I think for a lot of kids, divorce is a sad thing, like when their parents leave. But for me, my parents' divorce was, like, I don't know. It was, like, the catalyst for so much hope and joy. Because I think the second, <laughs> the second that my dad left was, like, the second that we actually got to start living. And, like, we got to start healing. And, yeah, I don't know. I think that probably was the biggest moment. <laughs> flowers started blooming right um i guess i want to talk a little bit more about um just like the why behind everything and coming off to raymond if you want to talk about something else but like why do you think that like it's so easy or not easy but obviously like things like that or things that happen in your life can have such a huge impact like on your life or in your life or like things and I think that it's good that like now we're all using that stuff for like to be better or to like want to do things but like also like how does it bring us down like what 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 did we do to like come out of that or like what did it feel like we didn't even know what to do or did it just like happen or because I feel like when you're in a moment it just feels so heavy like at the Mm -hmm. time that you like can't even Mm -hmm. see your way through you know I think that's definitely why, you know, the saying like hindsight is twenty twenty. I think that like when you're in the midst of any storm, especially when you're young and you're more naive and there's just a lack of general like wisdom and understanding as like why things may happen in the first place. Um, those moments are where God is really like moving, but because maybe we're not as connected or because, like I said, there's like a general lack of understanding or wisdom, like 
in the moment, it doesn't even seem like anything is on our side or anything is working out for our favor. But honestly, it's like, even in the little things where you think about like, life is so hard and it like, it's when it's like after the fact, like after you get out of it, then you look back and you, you remember the small details of maybe the storm or maybe like the trials and you're like, wow, God actually like showed up massively in that moment. But in the moment, you didn't even recognize it for what it was. But I think that even speaks to like what Raven was saying, but it's like looking back on this story and then like picking out all the moments where God's hand was so clearly over you. Like looking back on this story and realizing I'm a lot stronger than I think I am, you know, like, and being able to hold on to that to get through you know, whatever comes your way currently. Yeah. I think even going off of that, like, the fact that going through these things makes you realize what you should change for the next thing that you're possibly going through. And I think, for me, I know, like, my biggest thing is when things don't go my way or how I want things to go, I kind of lead with emotion rather than logic. And I'm just like, okay, I have to kind of learn from that and learn from maybe what, what was I supposed to do? That's the, or like, that's the main thing. What was I supposed to do? And how was I supposed to do it better? Mm-hmm. And then I start leading with understanding that in the future, I have to do things differently, which is a life lesson. And you're con- continuously learning that, but like, that's the main thing that I'm still trying to get the change. Um, I think too, like we're chosen. Um, not necessarily the fr- this what the saying that people say God gives his like toughest bastards, strongest soldiers. I don't necessarily agree with that line, but I do think that like obviously everybody's cut from a different cloth, and like everyone has to go through something different to shape it into the person that he's called them to be. Mm-hmm. But I do think that like the tougher things, like at a younger age, like we're chosen for those things because like look at us now, like we're able to be a little bit on the leader side or we can like also um, shed lights to other people like when they're going through stuff. Mm-hmm. Talk about like the college space. Like everyone's going through something every day. Um, but even just to be able to like show people that there is like a beacon of hope. Like there is yeah. something there. Like you can like even, I feel like each of us are kind of similar in this too that like we're independent in a sense. So like even if we're going through something, we're probably not going to open up about it to people like right off the bat. Like, you know, like we know other people who will do that, which is fine. Like, but we're those people, we're those people for those people. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. we're, we're kind of the ones who are like, okay, let me process this. And then I'm going to tell, you know, like then I will let somebody know, then I'm going to get their advice, which, you know, can have its cons. Like, okay. Like you don't have to handle everything on your own big fella, yeah. but I don't know. Like, I think it's also like a pretty strong thing to do too. Like, so that you can also be able, I, I also think, I think it's a strong move because to be able to process something by yourself and not go completely crazy or to not go off the walls and do something crazy, you know, I, I think it's pretty mm-hmm. reprimandable. Mm-hmm. Okay, now to switch it up, Raven, we kind of have to like talk about all the topics with you in one. <laughs> so let's move a little back to last week. So last week, Tara and I were talking about um, like basically, like the roles men and women play in relationships. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we know you love relationships, so not too much. What? Oh wait, that does sound kind of crazy. Hold on, my friend is not like that. Hold on, hold on. Hold no, on. no, no. <laughs> no. 
She's a lover uh, girl. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Right. So. Right, 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 right. Tara, you're a lover girl too. I am. And ain't nothing wrong with that. You're a lover boy. I'm a pimp. Gosh. <laughs> uh, but what were we saying, Tara? Hmm? What were we saying? Um, We were just talking about... I guess the expectations that we carry for each other. Yeah. Um, But also just breaking out of toxic cycles, honestly. In terms of just, like, obviously there's set expectations that we carry as individuals for people we want to be with. But then there's also a seemingly, like, overlying expectation that we're also supposed to hold just in terms of, like, what girls or women or, you know, what we feel like are responsibilities are coming into relationships versus what a guy feels like their responsibilities are but not because like we've chosen those as our responsibilities but just because they've been placed on us Mm -hmm. so we talked about like that um but also just like i don't know it was just we kind of just expectancies we talked about that a lot yeah we expect from each other like how what we were just talking about how our lives have like also kind of shaped that Mm -hmm. and like why what's maybe right or wrong not that we know the right or wrong answer guys but like what is like what is this stuff stemming from this whole thing with social media so let's just dive like what are you ask raven the same question you asked me what did i ask you said tara what can black men do (laughs) better when it comes to like you know being there for black women (gasps) yeah Right. Oh. Heavy. Yeah, let's get, let's get into it. Go. Go off. The floor is yours, guest. I don't even... Like, that's... I don't want to... Like, I don't want to say, like, I have to... It's just something off the bat, for real. Because I... Mm. It all depends on the person. Mm-hmm. So, I think I can't say, like, specifically, black men need to do this. And it exactly. Oh, okay. That's exactly what I said. No, we can't speak I'm for so all serious. black men or all black women. I'm, I'm so serious. I'm so serious. But my one thing for what I want black men to do for black women is show emotion. Bruh! I'm saying. Show emotion. Like, I don't understand that it, like, why must you like I Josh, you said it. We all process things, and before we go to someone, we'll process it first. But like, if we're in a relationship, and I am, I've professed to you multiple times that I am there for you, regardless of like if you want to cry. Like that's the thing too. We have because of some women, men have this idea that they cannot cry in front of another in front of a woman because they're gonna look weak. But there are some women that will sit there and be there while you cry without judgment. And that's okay. What type of cry? Because like if you're if you're sad, like genuinely sad or depressed, cry. Because I don't really, really cry. Josh, when was the last time you cried and why? Not to put you on the spot, but I don't know. Like, I don't really cry. Guy, like all, most of the guys I know, like any guy I've ever asked, when was the last time you cried? Never, or like they can't remember, or like, and I'm like, really? Because for me, it's like crying isn't even anything. Crying just feels good. Like I love a good cry. It's natural. Yeah. So, Josh, why don't you cry? I don't know. Honestly, I don't, I just don't 
I don't know. I don't think it's in me for real. Like, I just don't. I can acknowledge that something may be sad. I think it also has to do with, like, the way we're wired as men and women, unfortunately. Yeah, for sure. I just don't. Like, y'all cry at movies and stuff. Like, what are we crying for? <laughs> like, I just don't understand sometimes. Nah. <laughs> the only thing that really makes me cry is, I, unfortunately, it may have to be something, like, detrimental or music. I may have said this before. Like, unless, like, songs really get me there. Uh, whether it be I'm performing or I'm listening to something or maybe I'm listening to like a gospel song or whatever, like that stuff will get me there. Like worship. Sure. Um, but I don't know. It's not that like, I don't want to cry, but I, you're right. I probably will not be crying in front of my girl, but not because I don't want to just because like, I'm not that big of a, cry- like I'm not a cry, but that's not to say I don't know guys who don't cry. Because I know some guys who cry. Like, you know, I, I do know some guys who cry. But <laughs> I... But, what? No, I'm saying, like, that's not... You said it. Like, we're you, y'all are kind of wired to not do that. Because, but listen, like, what does it really look like if your man sits right in front of you, boo-hoo, crying? Like, you don't want him over here sobbing, like... But, like, that's, like, what would it look like if my girl... my my friend was crying in front of me. Like, it's the same thing. Like, if someone is crying, it's like, oh, like, they're crying. Yeah. I just feel like y'all deep it too much. Like. Because I think, What I did hear somebody else say is that, like, it may just come out in a different form. Anger. Typically, yeah. Typically, yeah. But, you know, it could be other things, too. Like, um. Some people have addiction, so like they may just put that mm-hmm. sadness into that, you know, like, mm. and that's the unhealthy thing at the end of the day. <laughs> like, it is. And it- you know, if I'm rich and I want to go shopping <laughs> instead of crying, I'm gonna go do that. Right? Oh. <laughs> if I want to buy a new laptop, I'm gonna do that, and look, everything's all better. But I don't know, like, do y'all really want somebody? To- so y'all want somebody to cry for you? Like y'all would want that in y'all relationship? Like, do you think you could be in a relationship with somebody if they never cried in front of you? I have. I mean, yeah, because most guys don't cry. But I feel like if something sad happened, like, say, like, I don't know, say, like, we're both going through something stressful or I don't know, just something happens where, I mean, I'm crying and I look over and you're just, like, sitting there. (laughs) I'd be a little, like, scared. But in that moment... (laughs) In that moment, though, what is that doing? Isn't somebody supposed to be the strong person, like, to let you know? But I don't like... think you can cry together. Like, you can cry together. Like, why not? I think that bombs you. I do think it does, too, because mm. I just feel like there has to be some emotional disconnect if, like, you don't cry at all. Like, mm-hmm. maybe, okay, cool, you don't have to be the person who, like, at the first point of anything, like, hard or sad or frustrating or whatever, you cry. You don't have to be a person who cries a lot, but it's like mm-hmm. if something really heavy happens or like something moves you where, I mean, you it would warrant you crying. Like, I don't know. I just feel like that's natural. Like, I wouldn't I be mad at it, it at all. Be, I don't even think it has to be like something like sad, sad happening. I think it's just like 
everyone gets overwhelmed mm -hmm. and you're allowed and that's an expression of like you're overwhelmed you're gonna cry mm -hmm. and if you sit here and cry and i understand you're overwhelmed then i'd be like i understand because i also cry when i'm overwhelmed yeah but for you to distance yourself from me because you're going through whatever what you know <laughs> what else is that you? I've seen, like, instead of the guy who, like, cries when they're frustrated or when they're, like, something sad happens, they'll just start, like, cursing a lot. Like, they'll just, like, they'll just, like, curse their way through their pain. And I'm like, <laughs> <"I'm> anger. <laughs> yeah, it's just, like, cry. Like, it's, it's okay. No, no. You're fine. But we've also been conditioned to think as men. Not that and it's right. I will right. not. What? My child will not. Right, and Especially that's, that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of it. We can change that for the next generation, but I'm, as for this generation, too late. Oh, no. <laughs> not too late. It's not too late. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, like, you've just been conditioned to think that, like, you're supposed to be, like, there. Like, you're supposed to be there for your girl. Like, you're supposed to be, like, the strong force, you know? Right, but so maybe that's why sometimes people resort to, like, their guy friends, like, or resort to lashing out there or resort to the distancing because, like, if I'm supposed to be, like, if we're talking about, like, marriage, if I'm supposed to be, like, the head of this household, if I'm supposed to be, like, the person, like, leading this, I'm not saying it's right, but, like, I guess in, a, in our minds, it's, like, what are we leading if we're showing you that? Like, I don't know, but to y'all, it sounds like if we did cry in front of y'all, we show that we're actually human i don't, I don't know what you're oh, trying i to think say. that we always talk about this though we talk about the power of vulnerability and how like vulnerability makes space for connection yeah. makes space for others to be vulnerable i feel like i don't want to say being humble enough but it's almost like feeling comfortable or connected to somebody enough to feel like you can truly break down every wall and like physically break down in front of somebody is like the most vulnerable thing you could do but it also just like I don't know I just think that there's so much power in that like who says a leader can't cry I feel like that's insane you know what I mean like you can be ahead of our home and have your bad days like you have every space to cry like if not if not Anything, the home should be where you're crying because out in the world, yeah, there we know that there's set perceptions. We know that there there's set, um, you know, expectations of you as a man or whatever. So it's like in our home, just know that you can be who you are. Like you know, like be free. Mm, like, okay, that's have the thing. That Create space the space to be as right. vulnerable, be as open, be as whatever as you want to be because this world is not gonna make space for that. But like as your wife, like. I should I should want to make space for that. Like home should be that space where you feel like you can cry as the leader. I think also putting it's putting pride aside because I feel like you carrying on the I'm the leader is you carrying that pride. But like we also associate crying with being a weakness and that's not fair to anyone because like in therapy I had to even learn that that crying isn't weak because my thing with crying is i hate having other people see me cry because i think it's a weakness but i think it's one of the strongest things you can do to cry in front of someone because you're putting down again like tara said all your walls for them to see you at quote unquote your weaker point whatever you want to say but like i think it's super strong and i would appreciate a man in that way and it definitely still does tie down to vulnerability because i think that like crying 
is probably like the most vulnerable state you could be in because you really mm-hmm. are just like I guess like physically you are at your weakest like most of the time when you're crying you're not doing anything else like you are letting down every guard so it's like even when you see a baby cry like they're at their most vulnerable state you're at your most vulnerable state but I think that there's so much beauty and power in that especially it's like when we want to talk about not living your lives for other people it's like if someone wants to look at you while you're crying and judge you off of that that has nothing to do with you that's projection again like Mm -hmm. I don't know if you need to cry cry Wait, so when's the last time y'all cried? Um, let me think about it. (laughs) Um, Definitely cried today. Maybe, like, last week? I don't know. Yeah. Last week, if not the week before. And it felt real good. (laughs) I did figure out, the last time I did almost cry was at your uh, Bible study, Raven. Aww. I was gonna remind you, but it's okay. Yeah, that's that's when I had that aha moment. I was like, oh shoot, I did almost cry there. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like for me, it really has to be really deep. Like it just mm-hmm. it needs to like really connect to my soul. Like I'm not gonna be crying just to be crying. Like, mm-hmm. nah. But and the thing about, about that Bible study about the Bible study, I didn't realize. Like when I was doing it, I wasn't expecting it to be so deep. But while I was like actually doing the Bible study. I literally felt the spirit in the room and I was like, mm, this that was, was like church. That was, <laughs> was a like, good one. Good. Uh, that was a good one. That's beautiful. The spirit was grabbing my Ooh, what? I felt like I was being choked. <laughs> what was the Bible study on? Fear of, a faith over fear. Okay. But beautiful. This was like, but, yeah. I told you, Josh. Huh? How my Bible, my Bible showed up while I was doing the Bible study. Yes, <laughs> that's why it's so good. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. That was crazy, but nah, she really got to deeper in that because it wasn't just no faith over fear. She was talking about like walking into your purpose for real, but not not being afraid of like just what other people may think all of the you. Fears that you yes, all have. those fears because everybody's main fear was like the fear of the unknown. At least that's what I had said too when she said mm-hmm. that. I was like, yeah, I'm just. I don't know. But also, like, being afraid of, like, what God is calling you to. Because mm-hmm. I feel like you can only see, like, the first step through, or, like, or you know, like, what the end goal is, but you're like, dang, like, what is this really supposed to look like? Or, like... And, oh, I cried on video, Sunday. actually, do it. The video with the... <laughs> God got your back. I cried on Sunday because I had my fear of the unknown. Obviously, like, y'all know because, you know, we're locked in. But, like, I've talked to both of you individually about, like, what's just been going on in this season. But y'all know a big, like, fear of mine, I guess, or, like, was opening up to my mom about it. Because, obviously, it's just the two of us at home. Sunday, we had a conversation, and I broke down in front of her. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about that, but I was like, dang, was that last week? (laughs) That was Sunday, actually. We'll talk about it after and how that was. It was really good. Really good. You want to share any of any of that at all? Ooh, child. You don't have okay. to share the conversation, but like right. you can share like Okay, yeah. Uh, I can actually part. talk about the fear and I guess like so this actually ties in perfectly with the conversation we had on the pod last week, but just the whole setup of like being a first gen. So my mom is an immigrant. She moved here to the States from Nigeria, um when she married my dad, but 
I guess like the whole dynamic of like parent to child relationship as like a child of an immigrant. I don't know how different it is from maybe the Black American experience or any other experience because I can only really speak from mine. But, you know, obviously our parents come here to better their lives, but also the lives of the future generation ahead of them. So their children and their children's children, whatever. So, you know, with that comes obviously a lot of hard work, uh, a lot of sleepless nights, a lot of stress, whatever. So growing up, um, I don't know. I guess I did place this burden on myself, but it also just seems to be an unspoken burden or I guess expectation that seems to be like a common theme between like children of immigrants. But, you know, there's always like a pressure to make your parents proud and like to do better because they sacrifice so much for you to have better. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, so basically this whole season, there's just been a lot of unknowns, a lot of questions, a lot of doubt just a lot that I'm taking to the Lord but a big thing for me was just the fact that obviously my mom has sacrificed so much for me to be at the position I am today and I think that for some reason I felt like a lot of the questions I had or doubts I had if I did come to a conclusion that was contrary to maybe the path that I've chosen um or like that everyone has kind of like sacrificed so much for me to like be on, I would be letting her down. And I think that that was really big for me in the sense that like, it made me feel really bad. And I felt like I just couldn't do it. But um, I don't know, we were just like talking a lot that Sunday. We had like a workers meeting because we both serve at our church and it was a long drive home. We were talking, it was good. Um, and then we got home and I don't know, like, I guess I just felt moved to do it. I really could not tell you what provoked me to have the conversation because everyone knows that was probably the last conversation I wanted to have. (laughs) Um, but I just was like, Hey, I'm actually really like overwhelmed in this season. Like I'm actually not doing that great. And I just kind of want to talk through it. And I basically just opened up, told her like, the pressures I'm experiencing, but also why I've been so slow to talk to her about it. Cause I think that like, when she saw me cry, she was like, Whoa, like what is going on? Like, are you okay? And I think there was just so much beauty and power in that moment of vulnerability, right? Where she recognized that like, we live in the same house, but we don't, I don't know. We like have, we don't talk about certain things just cause like, I think a lot of it was my fault, right? Because Like I said, I am independent. I do, we just talked about it. I try to figure things out before I take it to her just so she has less to think about because she already has a lot to think about. Um, But just recognizing that like we live in this house together, but we're coexisting a lot of times. And just like breaking down that wall was really nice um, to like get her advice, to get her wisdom, to get her perspective, but also to get to hear a little bit more about her journey and her story because that was also super encouraging. Just my mom has been through super crazy things in life. And honestly, like, I don't know. It was just a really good experience. Um, But yeah, I, it happened because it needed to happen. And yeah. That's what Raven was talking about. Following that light. Yeah. Ooh, that was so crazy. Um, 
Dude, I was actually saying, can you send it? Can you send the slides to me? Yeah, yeah, got you. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, what else? Oh, what I was saying. All right. Um, you were saying how like men have to be the leader of the house, and then the whole like emotion thing. But I watched a TikTok, and this woman, she has two kids. And she was talking about how her husband went on a mental health retreat mm. because he was in such a bad place. And she realized that he was in a bad place. And he said he had to step out of the house to like regain some sort of stability mentally. And I was like, okay. And then I kept watching her videos and she was explaining how the same thing, how she had to kind of step into that role of being quote unquote the man of the house and I'm just like with the emotion part and like crying and stuff I feel like we have to understand that when someone is at their breaking point at some like when your partner is at their breaking point you're they should allow you to be or have confidence in you to step into their role because like I feel a lot of it is like oh in a household because of society, we don't have equal roles, but technically it's supposed to be an equal situationship where I'm able to do the same things you are supposed to be able to do. And I think that's why a lot of people, a lot of men don't break down because they feel like they have to stay at a a place that they don't have to stay at because your wife should have you in that same spot when you don't feel at your strongest. Mm. Yeah. TikTok is so sweet. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's really good because if it comes to it, you need to know how to pay a bill or two. <laughs> and vice versa. I should know how to get in the kitchen and cook the, and cook the kids a meal. Mm-hmm. Uh, or do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, if we're talking about, like, traditional stuff. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. That's good. So is that something you would... So he went on the mental health retreat by himself. Yeah. Okay. And I, I think that's it's amazing. a Christian household and everything. Yeah, honestly, because she had she expressed like the stress of having to take care of two kids by herself, but at the same time, she was like, "I appreciate him for being able to tell me that he was at his weakest mm-hmm. and he needed to go and take a break." Mm-hmm. And she talks about that all the time, like how maybe it may be stressful, but the stigma of being a man, like you have to be strong, you have to do this, you mm-hmm. have to do that. But he was able to like break down, and his they're able to visit him. But like, I think the beauty of that too is it's like two weeks. Cause (laughs) sorry, that just processed. (laughs) I think the beauty of that too is we talk about all the time the work that you have to put in because being your best self, contrary to whatever anyone might think, requires Mm -hmm. a lot of work and a lot of intentionality. So it's like, yeah, in that moment, he might have been his weakest, but he's able to recognize that in himself and recognize that he needs help. And in getting Mm -hmm. that help, he will be able to provide so much more for his family when he's at his best. Because it's like, you can only give of what you have. If you are broken deep down, if you are empty, you're burnt out, you're stressed, you're overwhelmed, no matter how hard you try to show up, obviously you're still showing up your best, but 
your best isn't it's not great because you're not whole you're not feeling good so it's like take the time you need to be okay mentally physically emotionally spiritually because when you are at your best when all of that is taken care of and you're intentional with that your best looks way better yeah there was this other video of this woman she was she's on a podcast as well she's talking about how she had her kid and she wasn't sleeping and she just like physically couldn't so she told her husband i'm leaving because it made it like the short clip made it seem like she left him just high and dry but no she was like i i told him i'm leaving i told the nannies the kids are home and she went to a hotel and slept for hours and hours and hours to the point where they they had to do a wellness check on her and she woke up like dehydrated because like she wasn't taking care of herself and i was like I'm, that's what I'm scared of, but at the same time, I'm trying not to be scared of that because Why? I don't want to say life, but. Scared of it in the sense of like putting so much into like your family household and not enough into yourself? That, yeah, because a lot of, I feel like growing up with a single mom, I saw that firsthand and she let me, she, she let me know that it was stressful and sometimes she needs a break, but I understand that God's willing, I will be married and I'll have someone to share that with. But there's no, I just like, I want to say an equal relationship, but sometimes there's just no sharing the stress of a mother. Like I just birthed a child, have to take care of the child. And then have, in America, we don't get that long for maternity leave. So like moving on and acting like everything was okay. And I don't think, I don't know how I'm going to take that. But at the same time, I'm trying to have hope that everything's going to be fine. Yeah. And that's all I can do. And it will be. <laughs> it I met this one lady. She said she took like um, like half a year for her maternity leave because she was like, you know, lucky enough, not lucky, but listening to like have a husband and stuff like that. But she mm-hmm. was like, I don't care about this job like that much. Like she was, I'm taking my leave and I, I, I'll be back when I'll be back. Priorities. <laughs> Right. Because the thing too is it's like you got to be truthful with yourself. You got to okay. listen to your body because your body is always speaking to you. And it's like, mm-hmm. cool, okay. my job may be telling me to come back in, but if okay. my situation is speaking otherwise, y'all are going to have to wait. And it's like, I feel like, especially as believers, especially as children of God, like, God will make space for that. Like, at the end of the day, your body is his temple. So make sure you're good. Like, make sure you're straight. And, like, whatever needs to happen will happen. Like, it will fall into place. And that's not right. delusion. That's faith. Like. <laughs> that's like, real life. For real. That's real life. Y'all talking about some come to all these classes. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. I can't be at all these classes and then got to still show up to this performance. Still got to show up to this meeting. Still got to show up to this. And still supposed to get eight hours of sleep. Nah, I'm going to with my body. body. <laughs> I had to do that when I got back from DC because I was like, no, I'm going to be in class on Thursday. No. I didn't move from my bed that whole day. Like, I physically could not get, I was like, no. Somebody is lying. They're talking about you got to go to SOAR to tell them why you didn't show up to class. What? I'm tired. Like, I'm beat. That's enough. 
I don't owe y'all too many explanations of why I'm not here. Mentally, I just can't. I, I can't do this. Because I definitely fell, in, fell asleep in class yesterday. Okay. Tired. Mm-hmm. That was me the other day. And I think two people should always try to make it seem like you were lazy or like you didn't want to. It's not even the fact that I don't want to come. My body is not letting me. And today I just actually chose to listen to it. Mm-hmm. Thanks. That's another Ooh, thing too. I've class. never been able to understand why people can't understand how tired and stressed some people are because it's like we all live life, no? Like obviously we don't all have the same life, but like surely you should be able to empathize with me enough. Like life is hard. Just You're for waking up. Me. Right. I hate when I'm like robotic. I can't just press a button right. like, and turn off and turn back on. Right. Parents, they must have say, what are you tired from? Bro, mom, 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 if you're watching this, mom. What do you mean, what am I tired from? <laughs> I get it. You work all day long. I get it. I get but it. I'm, I feel like this is working too, mm-hmm. especially like y'all talk about it in the other um, episodes, but like school's like a bubble and we're in our own world where we work, we go to class, we have our little extracurricular and we're studying. Mm-hmm. Like, I need a stipend. But exactly what I said last episode, too. It's like, they're also just realities of life. Like, school and work aside. Like, life, bruh. Mm-hmm. Like, family stuff. Mental stuff. Like, physical things. Like, life still lives apart from the school and work. No Those matter just what. It is. So it's right. like, please respect me enough. Respect me enough as a person to know that if I could, I would. And I can't. So Amen. Right. And back to the passion thing. Yesterday, somebody was asking about um, <laughs> some, like, interview and stuff. And, like, they was, like, what type of question are they going to ask and stuff? And one, like, the question they were, like, oh, they're going to ask you, like, why do you want to work here? I said, because America said I have to. <laughs> like, that. No one really wants Who wants to work a job? <laughs> so for real right now i don't who wants to work a job some people i feel like some people well, maybe i was just about to say unless it's connected to your passion and your purpose and yeah. it's actually yeah. something you're willing to do yeah. but again that's a privilege to be able to do that because just like raven was just talking about our moms are single mm-hmm. so a lot of the things they did was because they had to do mm-hmm. because they wanted mm-hmm. to provide for their kids but mm-hmm. oh. but working like keeping busy is also a vice like, and some people are workaholics because it's a form of escapism. Like, if they can just, ha- yeah. like, like zone in and lock in on their work and forget about everything else, then they just work, work, work. But that's not me? how I'm built. <laughs> me at all. Me either. <laughs> me, I'm going to take that time off. Y'all stay safe. Yeah. I'm going to take that Multiple time off. Multiple days off. Yeah. Yeah. Say no to corporate America. Right. Yeah. Okay. Like, I'm going to take that time off. And I will do this. Oh, I'm thinking about it. You having to tell someone that you need a sick day? What do you mean? And I only have how many? <laughs> Y'all think it'd be so unrealistic. Like, what? what? When my mom tells me, like, as a teacher, how many sick days she has, love, you're around sick kids. That's mm-hmm. the school sick. And you're telling me you only have four, four sick days. In a whole year, three hundred and sixty-five days, and you only got four days. For six days, what? Like, babe, that don't even make no sense. Four is actually you have, insane. You have to be kidding me. 
Man. And that doesn't even include like holidays. Okay. What? No. Yeah, they, they, That's they, why they, they my dream is better have for my us, own practice. <laughs> have my own practice so I can go wherever I want, whenever I want, tell them I'm not coming in. Mm-hmm. That's all I want. Mm-hmm. I'm not answering to nobody at all. Okay. <laughs> if I have the funds to do what I need to do, Amen. I need to stay home. That's also the thing. I want everyone to be in a place where I need to put work before my family. Where I need to put work, you know what I'm saying? Because that's another mm-hmm. privilege people don't talk about. Being able yep. to just easily call off of work and do what you have to do. You know, some people need that money. But me, no. Whatever. I want everyone to be in a position where work is above my life or above what's actually important. Unless my work, you know, is connected to me. And like, hopefully that's what it wants to be, you know, my passion. But if it's something I'm doing to grab a check, oh, I'm sorry, what? I'm I don't sorry. know for me. I it's think- just like money could never be the motivator for me because money isn't a motivator for me. But that's where I'm just kind of scared for my life. Where not like because like, <laughs> no, but I'm so serious. Like, I. I wish sometimes that I had the personality with, that was like, I just got to get the bag. I just got to get the bag. But the bag is not driving me. I will sit here. <laughs> we know. We know. But yeah, I think that that's the one thing where I'm like, dang, must be nice for y'all. Because like, if money could truly be my sole motivator, wow. But, it should but I don't think it's my motivator, though. I think it's just an addition no i yeah, know i know i know i'm not saying it is for y'all i'm saying for some people it truly is like people live for the bag but like i could yeah. not live for the bag i i'd i'd yeah get the bag and get out yeah yeah i'm gonna get my bag for sure i'm gonna make my sure my bag is just gonna be a bonus yeah because i think it's if still I gonna do be what good, i'm passionate like... about which I, and i get on. the money yeah but Josh, but, I feel you know, like the bag is the bonus for you too. Like you're allowing your passions and your purpose to drive you. The money is just a byproduct. Oh, for <laughs> sure. But you know, I've been telling you, I've been thinking about going to law school. I hate school. <laughs> what you go to law school for? Entertainment law. But hold oh, on, okay. let's not okay. talk about it too much. But I just think that I don't know. Both of y'all too. The life I want to live, I just it just it's just gonna have to take money. So I do understand that some sacrifice is going to have to be made. Yeah, I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You saying yeah, 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 but... <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. Because you just sound like me. my mom right now. So it's like, yeah, I get it. Like, Don't... You want the big complex with all your friends and to be able to live in like you Guys, listen. God <laughs> puts the desires in my heart. So surely he's going to make a way. Sprinkle, sprinkle, abundance, abundance. Right. Abundance. (laughs) If you say it three times fast every morning, every night. (laughs) (laughs) Click your feet together. Delusion. Delusion. I'm joking. I'm joking. God didn't say just sit there. Yeah, I know. It's it's faith plus the work, y'all. It's, yeah. You don't sound very confident. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Oh. What? I was going to say, y'all want to wrap it up? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm having a grand time. No, no we're, too. we're just time. at an hour 16. <laughs> yeah, you have to come Make back. Make it two hours. Like... <gasps> oh. <laughs> I mean... Well we can I mean, make part one and part two. I'm not mad yeah. at you. 
Ali Cruz. <risos>